Folks, we are coming up pretty soon here to the last potential game of this Winnipeg Jets core as they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk about what this game could mean for the franchise and how the Jets move forward after the season if this is indeed the last game of this playoff run. We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Everydayers can find us on all of their favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now because, as always, we just really love and appreciate your support, and we don't want you to miss out on another episode. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said, you know, this game coming up tomorrow evening, uh, this is a potentially season-defining franchise defining moment for the Jets. Winnipeg has had many, many years of successful seasons uh, by by the Jets standards and certainly um, in terms of revenue and all that. But, you know, in terms of the on ice performance and the roster, things haven't always gone according to plan. You know, the, the past couple of years, I think we've seen the Jets hit some interesting highs and some really bad lows. Uh, We've seen everything from a team that looked like a Stanley Cup contender to a team that, quite frankly, might have been the worst in the NHL, but was carried by Connor Hellebuck. So, you know, this Jets team has certainly had its fair share of roller coaster seasons. And now, you know, this last game against the Vegas Golden Knights, if game five is the last one, feels like the end of an era. You know, the Jets have gone a long time with Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Uh, Of course, we've had Lowry around for a while. Morrissey has been a pivotal player for many years. Connor Hellebuck the past several years has been uh, crucial to this team's success. Even, you know, younger players like Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, these guys are veterans by now. They've been around for a decent chunk of seasons. Shifley, one of our earlier draft picks as well. So uh, it sort of feels like Winnipeg uh, is kind of rolling up on the, I guess, the end of the score, right? You know, Dubois is probably gone. It seems like Shifley might be gone, too. It does feel like increasingly he's going to be headed in a different direction. Wheeler might retire. I mean, Blake physically cannot keep up the way that he used to. Uh, This, you know, the previous game, game four, was like the best game that we've seen from him in a long, long time. And even then, you could tell that for everything that he was leaving out there, it was just hard for him to max out and really push the, the pace. So, you know... This team after this season is going to look pretty different, I would imagine. I think with the increase um, in in the the cap ceiling and Winnipeg just not really spending to the cap anymore, it sounds like the Jets are actually going to be trying to cut salary, which is super interesting, right? You know, you saw it at the trade deadline. Winnipeg didn't make as many moves. And now here we are staring at a team that 
is basically down like a third of the starting lineup against one of the top seeds in the West. And if you ask me, I mean, this feels like a, a recipe for disaster. I mean, we sort of know how this is likely to go. Unless Hellebuck really shows up and steals game five, the reality is Winnipeg is most likely going to be finding itself out in five games, which I am a little bit disappointed by. But I mean, you know, we sort of expected this to, to happen to some degree. I think we all knew that getting out of the first round would be a bit of a tall ask, and it's like triply or quadruply so without like a, a decent chunk of your starting lineup. So um, Winnipeg, obviously not in the best of states, but it feels like this is kind of the swan song farewell. And it really feels disappointing because uh, for this team and for a lot of the players who have been mainstays on this roster, I guess I was hoping for a, a happier goodbye, but it feels like this is sort of, um, I don't know, an unfinished business sort of ending, right? You know, this team really should have been primed and destined for more. It should have been uh, what people call a dynasty, even though it never really materialized. And instead, it just feels like we're saying goodbye to a team that hasn't really lived up to its potential, except for one real big season. You know, there were some other years where the Jets weren't half bad and even made a couple of, of decent playoff runs. But for the most part, right, there's one team out of the past several that was the best iteration of this franchise. 2014-15 was like the teaser. 2017-2018, that was the year that that teaser became something so much more. And it really feels like ever since then, the Jets have kind of been living in the shadow of that. Now, going forward, obviously, the future of this team is looking not half bad. You know, the, the future is getting brighter. I think the Jets could have a very interesting young core. And so, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. But I think for this current iteration of the team, it sort of feels like the Jets are leaving behind uh, a bit of a mixed legacy if this is indeed the end of the road for a lot of these players. And it's not saying that it is 100%, but based on, you know, the, the rumors that are circulating and how the team has kind of been approaching um, some of the cost-cutting stuff, it does make you think that, to some degree, the Jets are preparing for life without a number of these players. We'll talk about who might be headed out uh, in particular and how um, the Jets can potentially, I don't know, start to plan for the future and what it will entail if indeed, you know, game five is the end of the road for the Jets and they are not, you know, advancing on hopefully to the second round. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events really shouldn't be as much of a hassle as it often is. A lot of you probably go to hockey games, concerts, and just about everything in between. You're looking for a way to not only save time, but save money. Game Time is here to help. They have a fast and easiest way to buy all of the tickets that you want, and they offer great things like flash deals, uh, last-minute tickets, and all sorts of cost-cutting savings to make sure that you know the tickets that you're picking up are at the best possible price, and they're easy to grab. You can find all of their easy-to-find tickets through their app, and they also give you in-seat views, so you'll never be you know surprised by the, the perspective that you're getting, right? A lot of folks probably show up at event venues, and they see, wow, there's an obstructed view. Anyone who has been to uh, you know Fenway, knows that there's a huge column that blocks your view depending on where you sit in the stadium. No one wants to pay several hundred bucks for that. And Game Time doesn't want you to either. They have, again, great deals, great pricing. 
last minute deals, flash deals, all sorts of specials. And their in-seat view helps make sure that you don't end up with a seat that you're not happy with. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just talking about, you know, Game 5 on Thursday potentially being the end of the line for this current Jets core. I think that there's been a lot of speculation as to the future of the team. Uh, not only has the, the the team itself kind of suggested that financially things are a little bit tight, but, you know, we've heard all sorts of rumors about players potentially being on the outs. We've seen, you know, different articles and things um, from the local media occasionally pointing more fingers than usual, which, you know, for me tells me that the team is kind of sig- signaling uh, <clears throat> who might be on the way out over the next few months. And I think the biggest name that a lot of people are circling towards is, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, PLD has been a, a pretty decent player for the Jets for the past couple of seasons. I mean, he arrived under inauspicious circumstances. So, you know, we all knew the Line A deal was uh, reasonably controversial within the fan base. Some people were happy to see Patty go. Some of us, like myself, were really unthrilled with the prospect of losing one of the best goal scorers the Jets have ever had. Now, that's not to say Line's game was perfect. Far from it, right? And the Jets, I think, did a pretty good job of making the most of a bad situation that they had partially created for themselves. Uh, the Dubois trade, I thought, ended up kind of working out for both sides, but I think in Winnipeg's case, Dubois was one of those players where if you couldn't really convince him to stay, you know, Worst case scenario, you still have to trade him and you send him to Montreal. So in terms of how that's going to pan out, it does seem like Montreal and Winnipeg have been talking about Dubois for the past few months, and it feels like there's an appetite to get a deal done sooner rather than later. I think this would certainly benefit the Jets because, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why won't Montreal just wait until he becomes a ref- like a free agent? But I think Montreal is very aware that if you do, you know, a lot of teams are going to start offering plenty of cash incentives to come join them instead. And while Dubois has stated that, you know, Montreal would be his dream team to play for, if somebody offers you a good contract in a reasonably nice place to live and it beats out whatever Montreal is offering, you know, why would you go to a team that's going to pay you less? Now, some players will do that if they feel a particular attachment to the location. So Montreal could certainly play that card. But why run the risk if you can just pay some assets that are not going to be, you know, game breakers in the end and make sure that you get first negotiating rights with Dubois' agent? I think that is a very big, very valuable thing that a lot of people don't always appreciate. Uh, It's especially helpful if you're trying to make those overtures early and lock in a player before somebody else gets a chance to negotiate and beats you to the punch. So, um For Montreal, I actually think that there is reasonably big incentive to try and pursue this deal and get it done over the summer. And I feel like that one is pretty much a lock to happen. I'd be surprised, you know, if if Dubois is still on this roster come next season. 
And it actually might not even be Montreal. Maybe he ends up with another team, Carolina, some other franchise. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you know, the Jets are going to send him to whoever offers the right trade package because it's not like Dubois necessarily has any sort of protection. You know, the main thing is just what he's said in terms of how uh, or, or which team he'd like to play for. And that's just coming from news articles and, and rumors and leaks likely coming from his agent. But I think everyone has mostly, you know, understood his his intention as Montreal. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. Right. But I think for the one that people are kind of wondering about in terms of, uh, an, you know, a Jets player who's been here from the start, Mark Shifley's future is a lot cloudier. Uh, over the past few months, we've seen increasing numbers of local Winnipeg news media kind of calling Shifley out. And if that happens, more often than not, it does kind of indicate that the team is thinking about his future long term and whether or not he really fits into the picture. Shifley is getting closer to 30. Uh, he's missed a number of playoff runs with serious injuries. There have been questions about his leadership and his effort. And, you know, you can tell on some of his shifts in previous years where Shifley just wasn't happy and it reflected itself in his play. Um, you know, there were some things that I'm sure he was told to do, but I think there were other things on some of his shifts where you're like, yeah, you're not really getting 100% from him. And it's clear that he's not happy with, with the way things are going. And some of his post-game press conferences, you could see the irritation and annoyance on his face. And it just feels like the last few years have kind of worn on his patience. And in a lot of ways, I think people kind of appreciate that. I think they can understand why he's felt the way that he has. Uh, some people like myself probably in some capacity don't even blame him for feeling this way. I know that if I showed up to work every day and there was no real guarantee of any sort of direction or future, I'd probably not be that inclined to stick around. So, um, you know, for Shifley, I, I, I get it. Am I happy about it? No, I, I think I would have liked to have seen more from him. I think that the past few years have been really disappointing in a lot of respects because Shifley was one of those players who was always a guy that I counted amongst Winnipeg's breadwinners. And to see him not really live up to that potential uh, over the past few years, it hurts because you know how good that he can be. The first half of the season, we saw it. But, you know, the likelihood is he's not going to be here uh, after this coming summer. And I think if Shifley is traded, any number of teams should readily be lined up asking for a, a pretty nice uh, trade package to give to the Jets. I think Winnipeg could certainly come away with a solid first, uh, maybe a, even a mid-tier prospect or a higher-end prospect, maybe another pick or something, maybe two picks. I think the Jets have a real potential to get a decent haul for a player who, if he joins at the start of next season for another team, he's going to give them a monster year. I think if he leaves the Jets, Shifley will be back to his resurgent self and look like he has at the start of the season. So any number of teams, I think, really should be interested in his services. And while it will be a very difficult goodbye, you know, it'll kind of also herald the beginning of a new era for the Jets and maybe a new look as they start to uh, really plan around this next core. Speaking of the next core, we'll talk about which players really fit into this group and who will be a pivotal role player for this team of the future in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We are just closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the future of the Jets and uh, who's tracking to, towards being you know, a pivotal player for this franchise, where they might slot in, and how this team can build around some of the existing parts. Because obviously, while the Jets might start to retool or rebuild, you don't have to completely tear it down. There's stuff to work with with Winnipeg um, and, and likely some really good pieces at that. So, you know, with Shifley and Dubois gone and perhaps even if Hellebuck leaves in free agency or something, you know, that future core is going to be rather different looking. Wheeler might retire. We've talked about that. Uh, so you're going to be skewing pretty young in a lot of areas. Obviously, I think it's time for Ehlers to really assume that prominent first line role that he's always been destined for. I know that he, you know, for some reason plays a ton of shifts, but doesn't seem to get as much ice time. I can also probably tell you it's likely, you know, the lack of uh, power play usage that would certainly impact it. So um, once a lot of these guys depart, I think Ehlers will see an increased role with the team. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets even more shifts so that his ice time extends and that he can actually uh, really contribute even more than he already has. He's clearly one of our best creators. You see it when he's on the power plate or at even strength. It's now time for him to assume a bit more of a, maybe even like a leadership role. I think the guy sets um, a really good example for a lot of players. I think that he really fights for the badge and, you know, he's always very accountable for his performance. So I love, I love him. I think he'll be a really important player and one of the guys that the Jets kind of identify as somebody that they build around. Cole Perfetti is also going to be one of those foundational players. We've already seen him having a really good Calder candidate kind of season. Unfortunately, that season was cut short due to injury, but I feel like with a full season under his belt next year, uh, hopefully all things uh, you know working out that way, you're going to start to see why he was such a heralded prospect uh, and really get a sense of what he can do with increased usage. I still wonder if his true destiny is down the middle. I think, you know, his foot speed, maybe not being the best, but his extreme defensive awareness, his really aggressive forecheck and his intelligence and distribution really tells us that, you know, down the middle is where his uh, eventual future is. I don't know if that's going to mean as like the first line center, but maybe um, just generically in the top six. I don't even care if there's like a clear distinction, just as long as uh, he gets top six minutes. I think that's what you want to see out of him. And also power play time, right? I think that that would be crucial. It also wouldn't shock me if one day that we see uh, Brad Lambert on his flank. I mean, Lambert is one of our most exciting prospects, somebody who I think has one of the highest ceilings in terms of, of talents and skill, but certainly could bottom out if things don't work out. But so far, with the Seattle Thunderbirds, Lambert has been crushing it. No real concern there. So the question is, when will he be ready to take that next step and come back to North American pro hockey and uh, really use the skills and confidence that he's gained playing in the WHL? Eventually, I think Lambert will be one of our most uh, pivotal attacking transition forwards. You can already see his effortless skating and how he can move the puck up and down the ice. It's just translating all of that into something effective at the NHL level. Uh, I think on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Rutger McGrory, who, you know, McGrory is one of those those players that I think is really underrated in Winnipeg's prospect pool. I remember when he was drafted, I was very um, skeptical about it just because I was unsure taking him as high as the Jets did. Would it really pan out? But so far for Michigan, McGrory has been a monster. I think he's a very big secret weapon in Winnipeg's pool because 
His skating when he was drafted looked pretty bad, but he's working with an excellent skating instructor with Barb. I believe she's done work with some Olympic skaters as well. If anyone can work on his stride and get it up to uh, pro level, even average caliber, I think it would make him um, a really, really dangerous player because skill-wise, all of it's there. He's got great offensive positioning, a great shot. He's very uh, persistent around the net. All of that stuff, I think, is a, a great tool set to work with. And eventually, McCrory will very much slide into the top six and be a massive threat on the power play. On the side of the defense, I mean, Chisholm is probably going to be one of the minute munchers. I think for me, Declan still has... Um, some defensive impetuousness in his game, something where you see some decision-making that is a little bit youthful. At some point, I think Chisholm will kind of calm the chaos in his game and start to take more control. But until that happens, he's still probably a little bit of a ways away. It's kind of different than Heinola, where Heinola was already playing a mature game at a very young age for Team Finland. With Chisholm, there's a little more patience and work that's needed, but the potential for him is astounding. Elias Salamonson, I believe is how you name uh, say his name. Uh, he's another defender who could be a really big minute muncher here. I think overseas he's had a pretty great run of form. Um, from what I understand, he's been uh, really driving play from the back end, creating lots of scoring chances. He's got a big shot. So, you know, all of this kind of suggesting that Winnipeg's future core with Morrissey at the top and all of these really talented puck moving D around him should make the Jets a lot more mobile and kind of, you know, shift this team from being more of the static and and poor passing team that we've seen in this iteration towards a more mobile, faster paced, and hopefully better passing, uh, better distributing team of the future. So look, I know that the, the, the present kind of feels a little bit grim, but I think Winnipeg's future longer term, if they really are pushing towards the skill and speed game that the modern NHL adopts, I think that philosophical change will pay off big time and make this Jets team a lot more watchable. I want to hear from you, though, what you're hoping for the future of the Jets. You know, if this last game ends up being the last game of the season, let me know how you feel about the current iteration of the Jets. Are you ready to say goodbye to this team? Do you still want to see another run with them? Drop your comments and thoughts below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Every Dares can catch us tomorrow to try and find out how Winnipeg is lining up. You know, if Mark Shifley is likely to return, you know, if Ehlers will come back as well. We'll dive into all of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight, that is all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.